from the horse capital of the world, the great city of Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome to Red Barn Radio. Wherever in the world you're listening, join us as we celebrate the music and artists of this Kentucky region. Tonight, Red Barn Radio presents a concert performance with George Moulton. Coming up on Red Barn Radio. I'm a U-Haul, packed up, no more room in my pickup truck when you see the dust, means I'm out of here. I've been a long time leaving, nobody can say I ain't got no reason to just disappear. Maybe on my home, but it don't really matter at all. I'll make that call when I get there. Poor new star, poor broken heart. Really don't care just how far it's gonna take. I'll go anywhere. Whoa, whoa, I need the road. Gotta get my life on cruise control. Red Barn Radio is brought to you with the financial support of Visit Lex, 
Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information, Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. We're more than just bluegrass. Lex Arts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. We'd like to thank Chef Greg Scott and Broussard's Delta Kitchen for supplying food each week for our guests, artists, and volunteers. Located on Main Street in historic Georgetown, Kentucky, Broussard's Delta Kitchen features the authentic flavors of New Orleans and the Mississippi Delta and live music every weekend. You'll find more information on Broussard's on Facebook. Listen locally. Working in concert to encourage everyone to embrace any opportunity to listen locally and engage with each other in a variety of shared experiences, including music, theater, poetry, dialogue, and conversation. You can learn more about Listen Locally on Facebook, Instagram, and at listenlocally.net. The Griffin Gate Marriott Resort and Spa is Red Barn Radio's guest accommodation partner. Providing hotel accommodations for our musical guests, the Griffin Gate Marriott Resort and Spa is the ideal choice for your next visit to Lexington, Kentucky. AccuPrint provides printed programs each week for our audience members. For all your printing needs, AccuPrint is on the web at accuprint.us. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Red Barn Radio. I'm Renee Collins. Red Barn Radio is now in our 17th broadcast season, and this is Red Barn Radio's 645th live concert performance. Tonight, we present George Moulton, a singer-songwriter from Olive Hill, Kentucky. Fellow Kentuckians John Michael Montgomery and Montgomery Gentry have recorded several songs that George has written. His music takes you back into a true country sound that seems to be slipping away as the country music industry grows. With George tonight is John McHugh, and we are very pleased to welcome George Moulton to the Red Barn stage. Thought about calling you, saying I loved you, but I just hung up the phone. Tell you I missed you, how much I needed you, I can't stand to be alone. And I want to hold you, but my pride said no My heart keeps on telling me it's time to let go But where do I go After loving you You moved far away Settle down You did for a time But I heard the other day we're back in town You're still on my mind And I want to hold you 
Heard my pride said no My heart keeps on telling me It's time to Red Barn Radio's Brad Becker to speak with George Moulton. Thanks, Renee. And hello, George. Hello. Sure, I'm enjoying the music. <coughs> Thank you. John. Hello. Lovely mm -hmm. accompaniment over there. Thank you. How do you guys know each other? Well, uh, it's not our fault. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, originally, we're first cousins. Truly? Uh, yeah, truly. Truly. His mom and my dad are brother and sister. I've known him all his life. He's known me most of mine, but not quite all of it. And, uh, <laughs> But for the last, what, I don't know. I would say about eight years. For about the last eight years, he's played guitar for me in my band. How often do you get to perform with the band these Well, days? when we were working steady, we were working just about every weekend, so. When was that? Up until December 29th of okay. last year. Oh, okay. I took a little break, so. On your calendar, do you typically take this chunk of time throughout the winter and whatnot to do other things and then get back to it? We just worked and worked and worked for eight years until we just looked at each other and said, you know what, I'm sick of it. Let's, let's take some time off. Yeah, I work down on the road, having nails on in a row. Well, I've worked on cars and I'm so thanks to I need is this pickup truck A little bit of love and a whole lot of love Come right in night, Lord, I know just what to do Hear a big old crowd screaming loud Bartender sitting last call Come on back tomorrow night I'm sure we'll have a ball I'm just an ordinary guy Step inside this barn Then I'm a genuine certified Honky-tonk till I die weekend superstar Back to the same old ground. Work hard all week for a little bitty check that the government says ain't mine. When the whistle blows, I'll be on my toes, heading back to the barn. 
Well, I'm a genuine certified honky tonk till I die. We get a superstar. I hear a big old crowd screaming loud, bartender, send last call. Hey, come on back tomorrow night. I'm sure we'll have a ball. I'm just an ordinary guy all week long till I step inside this barn. Then I'm a genuine certified honky tonk till I die. We get a superstar. daughter i have a daughter and a son oh and a son and a okay son. how old are your kids my daughter is 13 and my son is six i have a eighth grader and a uh, kindergarten ah yeah my six-year-old boy uh, we adopted him we've had him since he was six months old ah. and but my daughters went through a long 13 years and i am just really missing a lot of weekends and stuff like that with her so she's really enjoyed the last you know few months with me being home just about every weekend I've traveled some in my time but just not I'm not a lot you know most of my stuff's been pretty local so you know maybe a night or two I'm gone away from home but most nights I'm, I'm there the next morning when they get up I wish I was still sleeping when they get up the next morning but you know, uh, right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that luxury anymore <laughs> yeah so you're originally from from Olive Moorhead Hill. or Olive Hill Olive Hill yeah okay yeah. well I was born in Moorhead but then we lived in Olive Hill so I guess I got and, both things going. yeah and what took your family to Olive Hill I have no idea. My grandparents uh, on my dad's side uh, lived in Round County, which is just outside of Moorhead. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where he was born. That's where he was raised. Uh, he worked at a, uh, a grocery store. He managed a grocery store called Allen's IGA there in Olive Hill for 40-some uh, oh, years. That's where we lived. Uh, I did spend a big chunk of my, my childhood with my grandparents in Round County. They were back in time somewhat there was no running water in the house uh, there was two stoves they ran an old general store you know with just a, a community around it there used to be before the trains went out when i was little the trains still ran there but there used to be a depot there so it was a stop so uh -huh. that store was there for all the people that got off the trains in between you know people loading in and loading out but had a stove in the front room of the store and a stove in the back room they burnt coal because the trains would drop the coal off there for them a well in one room where we get our water. The good old outhouse, you know, there was no inside bathroom. But <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. That's a really fond memory, it sounds. Oh, it so is. I mean, I tell my you, kids about it, you know, and they're like, ooh, you know. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, myself. I think it's really, yeah. really, really rich. When you were early in your teens, is that when you started to actually pick up an <laughs> instrument and think about singing? It really started with me probably just writing, like, poems. You know, just, just, I just, I just, I don't know, my mind just always would find a way to take things going on and just write poems. And then uh, I was just always around music. I mean, from everything from, from bluegrass gospel to heavy metal. I mean, I had four brothers growing up. So uh, the oldest one is, is 10 years older than I am. And they go 10 years, eight years, six years. And then me, and then I had a younger brother. And so... You know, my oldest brother was listening to Motown, Lionel Richie, the Commodores. The brother next to him was probably more like Neil Young, Crazy Horse, and Skinner. And then my uh -huh. brother closest to me was the Metalhead. <laughs> and then my dad was strictly 
you know, George Jones, Conway Twitty, Merle Haggard, that kind of stuff. So it was all around me. And I just kind of gravitated toward the, the George Jones stuff. I call them the big three, Jones, Conway, and Merle. Uh-huh. That was my thing, so. <laughs> well, I ain't a free bird. I don't like to fly. I like to stay grounded. Looking up at the sky. I don't like to ramble. kind of figured out you know I might have some kind of ability to sing a song and so I started putting tunes to my my poems I'd written I didn't pick up a guitar till I was 15. Tell me uh, you're writing poems what eight nine ten year old is writing poems and how did that happen? <laughs> I don't know well, here in a minute I'll we'll play you a song that I wrote when I was 12 years old and, and that I was I was kind of taking what I was hearing you know I mean I was hearing George Jones sing about uh you know, losing his woman and, and drinking and, and all this stuff. And that, and that was kind of what was going through my mind, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of living, I don't know, maybe my own little, as weird as it sounds, fantasy world through that. But, you know, just whatever. I mean, my girlfriend doesn't like me anymore, you know. Uh, uh, this girl I like doesn't like me, whatever, you know. And I'd, if my heart got broke over it, I'd go home and write a poem about it. Sounds like a, a, a very healthy thing that you actually – 
used a poem as as an outlet for yourself. Yeah. So you, that's that's very very neat. Yeah. I mean, I, I still do it today. I mean, you know, if there's things that uh, I need to work through or whatever, I'll sit down and, and put it down in a song, and that way I can put it down and I can get it out and it's done. Well, you got a, a great ability to turn a phrase and and to sort of turn a phrase upside down, which yeah. is kind of neat. And you feel like you picked that up from listening to to other great songwriters. <laughs> yeah, I would I would imagine a lot of that is uh, is the Jones part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just always thought that he was probably the absolute greatest country music singer that I'd ever heard. Uh, and of course, later on, you know, people like Keith Whitley were a big influence. I mean, where I lived at and was raised at, it was only like 20 minutes from Sandy Hook where he was born and raised. You know, so yeah, that, that the, the guy that got me though, really was, was Conway Twitty. And I was about, I don't know, 14 maybe the first time I saw him. And I didn't go see him because he was there. I didn't even know he was there. Uh, we were in Maisel, John's hometown. It was the Judd's Exile and Conway Twitty. And Conway was the guy that closed the show. And so we'd sit through the Judds and the Exiles, you know, and Conway comes out and, and nothing. I mean, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't make anything. You know, he just comes out, hello, darling. And this place goes nuts. <laughs> and I'm looking and, and, you know, you know, all the women are going crazy. And everybody, I'm like, and I look around and I'm like, man, this guy's got something. And then maybe three years later, I went to see another guy, Randy Travis. Mm-hmm. When Randy came out was a big influence so I went to see him well again I didn't know but he was merely opening up for Conway Twitty at uh, Charleston Civic Center same show did the same exact thing I turned around I told my uncle I think my uncle Bill took me to that one and I told him I said that's who I want to be I love Jones I love Haggard but I want to make people act like he makes people act Uh, and so he's just been my I don't know my go-to guy this uh next song I wrote this song when I was 12 the inspiration for this, weird enough as it is, was uh, my mom and dad's divorce. And uh, like I say, I always thought different, I think, than most 10 or 12 year olds do. When you hear the song, it'll be obvious that I did, but uh, I don't know. I've always felt like I was an older person than I actually am. I can tell by the look on your face. Bet you're gonna leave Too many heartaches that time can't erase Too many lies you just
you know, this time she's really leaving. Guess she just got tired of being done wrong. And I can see now that that old saying's true. You just don't know what you've got until it's already gone. And I can't blame you for.
Coming up, more Red Barn Radio with George Moulton, recorded live from the Performance Hall at Arts Place in Lexington, Kentucky. We're back with more from George Moulton after this break. This is Red Barn Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Tonight, we're with George Moulton, recorded live from the Performance Hall at Arts Place in Lexington, Kentucky. This is Red Barn Radio. with just uh you know sitting around singing like this to me it, it's it's more of a it's not just a an emotional thing or a, uh it's you know i don't know it's it's a physical thing it's a spiritual and i want to if i if i'm not doing that i'm not putting on a show i'm not giving people everything i've got if i'm not doing that yeah i understand it does it really does ramp up the performance when you yeah. when you belt it out yeah. and that baritone sounds uh mighty sweet too I agree. I mean, there's, there's, I'm not saying I agree with that. I sound well, beautiful. Well, you can agree. But I, I agree with what you're saying, yeah. Uh, you know, there's just a time and a place for all of it. And you try to use it when it's uh, appropriate, I guess. You have a talent with, with your voice, and you can do some interesting things, including you can imitate Willie Nelson as well, <laughs> can't you? Can you pull one of those off for us tonight? Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Secrets out. <laughs> well, in the twilight glow, I see her. Blue eyes crying in the rain. Something like it. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Funny enough, that's kind of how I got started singing. Uh, one of my favorite songs that, uh, at that time, Willie came out with uh, the Elvis song, You Are Always On My Mind. Oh. And I just thought it was, it was cool, you know, and... And I'd literally, I'd be sitting on the creek bank with my dad fishing, and I would I'd hold my nose when I'd do it. It'd be, you were always on my mind, you know. And uh, I, I did it somewhere, and somebody said, hey, man, you sound just like Willie Nelson. It's the worst thing they ever could have seen, because then from then on out, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get the Willie thing down. And uh, it, it's followed me ever since. But I love Willie. I love a lot, all of his stuff, man. He's been a big influence on me. When I was 16, I drove my car. Outskirts of town Pulled off the side of some gravel road 
With the full moon shining and the engine turned on, I rolled my windows down, turned up the fan, and turned on the radio. Now it seems like so long ago. I took my first ride. real experience was was probably with the John Michael cutting the song I had actually quit 
I mean, I, I was probably, uh, at that time, 24, 25. I just laid my guitar down and just decided, you know, I'd had enough. I didn't want to do it anymore. And then a family friend came to me and asked me to sing at their daughter's wedding. So I agreed to do that. Well, it was a duet song, so they had another lady that came and, and, and sang the duet with me. After hearing me, she was, you know, I, I can do this. I can get you where you need to be. And, but she talked me into it, and uh, she ended up, she was the one that got the material and stuff to John Michael. I remember being home one night, and about 3 o'clock in the morning, my phone rings. 3 o'clock in the three morning? 3 o'clock in the morning. And I answer my phone, and he's like, is this George? I'm like, yeah, who's this? And he says, it's John Michael Montgomery. I hang the phone up. And uh, about five minutes later, the phone rings again. He's like, no, I'm serious, man. This is John Michael Montgomery. I said, look, dude. I said, stop calling me messing with me. I probably use more better language than that. But So I hung up the phone and pl- unplugged it out of the wall. Well, next morning I got This is before cell phones, all right, or before I had one anyway. The next morning I plugged my phone back in, and this lady calls, and she's like, what is wrong with you? I said, what do you mean what's wrong with me? I said, you hung up on John Michael Montgomery three times last night. I said, that wasn't him. And sure enough, it was him. He'd been up having a good time listening to the music, and he decided to call. Uh-huh. So anyway, he cut the song, and, and he took me to Nashville and actually introduced me to his manager, John Doors, at the time. So John really liked a lot of the stuff I was doing, so he took me across town to a guy by the name of Bob Beckham. Bob Beckham was the president of a post company there called Hoy Pro Entertainment. Bob was 74 years old when he signed me. But Bob was the same guy that signed Chris Christopherson to his first songwriting deal. Wow. Uh, signed Waylon, Jerry Reed. So the meeting took place this way. John Doris and Bob Beckham sat in Bob's office and, and talked and played my music. Ronnie Gant, who was the vice president of the company, came down and said, hey, come with me. So him, along with a bunch of other songwriters and some guys that worked upstairs, they took me to a bar across the street where they kept me for about four to five hours. So by the time I spent all this time with those guys, you know, just doing what we were doing and laughing, you know, I just came back, I told John Doors, I said, I don't care what the money is, I don't, I don't care what to deal with, I said, this is where I want to be, these guys are terrific. And so I did, I spent seven years there. That's a long time to be in one bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in one bar. <laughs> yeah. Let me rephrase that. I spent about three hours in the bar, seven years with the publishing company. Well, tonight, just won't do It's gonna take something stronger Get me over losing you Can't expect a house that's made of glass to withstand a hurricane Or a six-pack to kill a nine-eight Couple of beers just to help me sleep at 
plenty of time Chasing it back With the memories Flooding my mind Like a drowning man Begging for more rain Yeah, I'll never quench the thirst I'll be dead first Trying to kill now. Tons of songs, yeah. really marketable songs. I mean, how does that happen? Everything changed when I started. The year I, I started writing, all the, a couple of laws changed. Number one, used to a songwriter, you could only collect royalties for so long and then you were done. It went into what they called, I guess, public domain. Well, the year I signed my contract, all that changed. So even songs that I wrote, uh, you know, 20 years ago, if they're making money, I can collect money off of them. And when I die, I can leave that to whoever I want to leave that to. The second thing that happened was you were only paid for number of records sold or CDs, whatever it may be. That meant they actually had to be bought from a store before they counted. That year, everything got changed to where you were paid for the number of records pressed. So if, like John Michael's album that I had Weekend Superstar on, was the same album had a song on it called The Little Girl, which turned out to be a big, huge hit for him. And it came out a little while before the album. So they knew the album was gonna do well, so they automatically pressed well over a million of those. So the going rate at the time was 10 cents. So for every album he pressed or sold, I got 10 cents. Of course, my publishing company got half of that. You know, so I got five cents. And then there was a, a BMI, Broadcast Music, you know, they, they watched the songwriters to make sure we don't get robbed well they take three percent of my five cents to do that and then i had to call a guy or a company in new york called the harry fox agency well they watch bmi make sure bmi ain't ripping me off and they take another percentage out of my five cents to do that but with that being said i remember to this day the first royalty check you got paid in quarters the first royalty check i got from the john michael montgomery album 
literally walked out of my house, walked to the mailbox, opened the mailbox up, seen a check from BMI, went in the house, opened it up. It was like $26,000. Uh. Wow. You know, and for a long time, for several years, they got bigger and they got bigger. And then the Montgomery Gentry album was right behind it. I'm sure there's a million people said this, if I'd known what I know now, I'd have hung on to some of that. But, but uh, <laughs> hey, it took me 15 minutes to write those songs. I could do that every day of the week, you know. <laughs> Young and just out of college, Billy made up his mind to go. Round west, get his best, and riding in a rodeo. Stop by a little honky tonk, my old man. Took a seat at the bar beside an old man. Said, Excuse me, can I have a word? Said, You look like a cowboy. Hell, I wanna be one too. I wanna ride them bulls and break them bronze and sing like Chris LaDue. Well, the old man shook his head and laughed. Said, Boy, have another drink. You're no Lane Frost, and I ain't John Wayne, and it's harder than you think. I broke a bull down in Wyoming, about three seconds before he broke me. And I woke up four days later with a torn out shoulder and a brand new knee. Called a home to the gut in Houston, that one nearly cost me my life. It final show Santa. With a limp and he laughed when it said Only hurts me when I move He ordered up straight tequila No song and no line And he chased the bag with a cold but light Said, Mama, hit me one more time I spent 15 years on that circuit And I can hardly afford my boots Yeah, I'm broken, busted Chasing that bubble And here's my advice to you Broke a bull down in Wyoming About three seconds before he broke me And I woke up four days later With a torn out shoulder and a brand new knee Called me home to the gut in Houston That one nearly cost me my life Did a final show San Antonio Say goodbye to my third wife Hey little winner, loser
If you still wanna be a cowboy After everything I said to you You better strap on your spurs and hold on tight Pray God's watching out for you Cause the fame don't last and the glory fades fast When it's over, you're broken through Should we meet again, I'll pray, my friend, that you will be living through. Young and just out of college, Billy made up his mind to go. He's living out west, giving it his best, and ride in a row. like to thank George Moulton and his guest John McHugh for being with us this evening. Thanks to our volunteers for their help with our production each week. We give a very special thanks to Becky Alfrey for her work with our social media. Thank you all for listening to our webcast, watching us on Facebook Live, and those listening to us on the Red Barn Network of Stations. We also thank the members of our studio audience for supporting the mission of Red Barn Radio which strives to present, promote, and preserve the rich musical tradition and artists of this Kentucky region, and then share this treasure with the world. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Performance Hall at Arts Place, here in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and on our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. Tickets for Red Barn Radio are now available on the web at eventbrite.com, Lexington. Let's give it up one more time for George Moulton.
Red Barn Radio would like to thank George and John for being with us tonight. We'd like to thank Chef Greg Scott and Broussard's Delta Kitchen for supplying food each week for our guests, artists, and volunteers. Located on Main Street in historic Georgetown, Kentucky, Broussard's Delta Kitchen features the authentic flavors of New Orleans and the Mississippi Delta and live music every weekend. You'll find more information on Broussard's on Facebook. Listen locally. 
Working in concert to encourage everyone to embrace any opportunity to listen locally and engage with each other in a variety of shared experiences, including music, theater, poetry, dialogue, and conversation. You can learn more about Listen Locally on Facebook, Instagram, and at listenlocally.net. The Griffin Gate Marriott Resort and Spa is Red Barn Radio's guest accommodation partner, providing hotel accommodations for our musical guests. The Griffin Gate Marriott Resort and Spa is the ideal choice for your next visit to Lexington, Kentucky. AccuPrint provides printed programs each week for our audience members. For all your printing needs, AccuPrint is on the web at accuprint.us. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. Red Barn Radio's line producer and booking manager is Warren Cobb. We also thank our volunteers. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You can attend a Red Barn Radio concert in person. You'll find performance dates and times at redbarnradio.com. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. For more information on the band, they're on the web at wookoutamerica.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be here again on this station next week at this same time as we celebrate the music and artists of this Kentucky region. I'm the voice of Red Barn Radio, Tom Brown. Red Barn Radio is brought to you with the financial support of VisitLex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information, VisitLex is on the web at visitlex.com. We're more than just bluegrass. LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's Arts Council, creating a great American city inspired by the arts. Red Barn Radio is a production of Red Barn Radio, LLC. Ha, ha, ha!